This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I have my two buddies, Larry and Bobby Stewart, on this morning, and uh, little Janie. I had I had to go through her because I wasn't able to get a hold of you two, and uh, and she <laughs> sent me a gift. I if she's listening, I haven't looked at it except to put carried in the car. Uh, but uh, bless her heart, uh, um, and and a number of other people. A lot of people think I'm having surgery tomorrow, uh, but actually I am uh, going to have uh, my eyes tested, so they'll put that stuff in to dilate, dilate it a little bit, and then then we'll know whether or not uh, um, I will be having surgery pretty soon. I really thought I was going to, so I, I, it was me that that made the mistake, and. Um, but you got a gift out of it, right? I got a gift. Well, then you're all right. It did work out well, didn't it? It did. Let's see, I've, I've got to um, put my glasses have, on. When are you going to have another surgery to get people all fired up? Uh, as long as I can get a gift, That's you know, I, I may continue on with it, That's to be I'm honest doing. with you. The noise is someone's phone on the table. If they move it, it will stop. Be uh, you, what? Jimmy. It's not on the phone. Uh-oh, that was it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, hey, everything's perfect now. You're talking to a smart <laughs> man. My phone was the culprit. I had you it laying in the wrong Never worry spot. about that being me. <laughs> I love being around you guys. Uh, your relationship has been a whirlwind relationship ever since you got married. It has. Many years it ago. Has. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, it's like watching a movie for me. I I, I don't ever get to uh, <laughs> experience anything like that. You don't know the whole story yet. <laughs> but we were just babies when we married. So we have grown up together. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of you has grown up. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> well, one of us has to be the adult yeah yeah well that's that's the way most of us are See, men, men never grow up bobby you know that <laughs> i have to get down to four-year-old when my little buddy ridge comes out uh-huh so we can play together yeah and now, then tell- i get up to 16 when eddie's there and 13 when walter's there I, i'm ambidextrous <laughs> where where did you go to school <laughs> Falsam Institute of Higher Learning in Falsam, Kentucky. No zip code. 
people that, that went to school at Las Casas when you were a principal there, they had an education that they could not get anywhere else. I mean, I I, I've never, I've never experienced anything like that before. Well, I did. When, that's the way I went to high school. And uh, when we get together, we get to talking. And some of the things that we did amazed me. I mean, you know, they did and, you know, didn't get caught or did get caught and the way we handled it. But it was, it worked for us. Yeah. Now, Bobby, you've got a lot of friends. Uh, and I know that they listen every time you guys are on the show. And and it, 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 it pretty names. much stretches from Oklahoma to Texas, actually all over the United States. Um, what do you attribute your close friendship with all these people? I mean, is it just a natural thing that well, just flows within your family or what? I appreciate everybody. Yeah. I appreciate my family. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm the oldest at 80 of six kids, and we're all still living. We all have minor health problems, but nothing dire. And uh, I prayed for each and every sister and brother last night and their spouses Yeah. just to keep on keeping on. And why did you say you were 80? Because I thought you were about 50. Huh? Why did you say you were 80? Well, I, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm glad I've I've hit a milestone. She doesn't look 80, does she? No. What do you expect me to answer that with? <laughs> you think I'm crazy? <laughs> oh. Well, I've got some things to to say. We have you another gone? relative that hit a milestone this past week, a distant cousin, Dawn Medley, who lives in Murfreesboro, celebrated 10 years with uh, Dave Ramsey Solutions. She's a production coordinator. Want to congratulate her. Mm -hmm. She said it's the best place in the world to work, and she's hoping to be there when she makes it 15. So, Is that the Dave Ramsey that has a radio show? Yes. That's oh, okay. the great Ramsey. Yeah. Right. They've got that been... new big office building and out on interstate as you go to Cool Springs. Yeah. Huge building. Yeah. Don's uh, been with him. So she, she moved down here from Michigan. Oh. When they were building that new building, she relocated from Nashville to Murfreesboro because it's closer. She can get on 840 and just be right there any minute. Yeah. And it's congratulations to John Burl Neely, Elena Vault's son. They elected the officers for the Woodbury FFA, and he is the new president for wow. this year. Wow. Well deserved. Yes. Well deserved. Yes. And he had some of the greatest senior pictures you've ever seen on facebook so did i see him over at your uh wedding anniversary no, that was his little brother okay that was that was the one that's in kindergarten yeah okay all right yeah john burrell is a senior this year at woodbury mm -hmm. and he's he's a fantastic worker he raises animals and uh he shows them helps his mama and helps his daddy and he's just a all-around good young man yeah. and i'm happy for him Good family he comes from. And happy birthday to his mama, Elena. Belated birthday. It was October the 16th. Tell us how old Elena is. No, well, I we, don't know. I don't, I'm not. Oh. <laughs> we, we, if we did, no. We I did want to cause some trouble, but Elena, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's funny thing. Elena was stranded in Love Field in Dallas trying to get home when Jay was stranded here trying to get back to Love Field. Oh, wow. And uh, they fought both finally. Elena got home like at 
3.15 in the morning, and Jay finally got home the next day. At near, at what, What's going on with Southwest Airlines? Uh, they screwed well, up. They, they were mandating that everybody that worked for them, uh, I'm assuming pilots, crew, mm-hmm. everybody, be vaccinated. Oh, wow. And they protested. That's and causing a lot they of problems. Used, oh. They used sick days and vacation days mm-hmm. while they were protesting. But I saw the other day on my news feed on my phone where they have lifted that mandate. That was well, pretty smart of them. You well, can't you can't mess with people's freedoms. Me is Southwest was on one that was affected. Yeah. Flight, flights were still going out of here. As a matter of fact, Jay's suitcase made it to Love Field in Texas three days before he ever made it. So, well, I don't know, and he had to go on another airline to get home. Yeah. And Delta. It's, it's, it's he, ridiculous what yeah. they He do. got a one-way ticket on Delta. Mm-hmm. Most airlines won't sell one-way, but Delta did. And well, during home. serious situations, I'm, I'm sure they changed yeah. their rules. Well, his medication was in his bag. Oh, wow. We went back to the airport to pick up his bag. Five and, times. And they said, it's already in Dallas. He said, how did my bag get in Dallas? And I didn't. She said, well, there was a flight that was full of passengers, but we had luggage space. Mm-hmm. So we threw all the luggage on there for Love Field or Dallas or wherever. Yeah. And she said it probably traveled to several different locations before it made it there. She said, we can have it back here by 1130 tonight. He said, no, leave my bag where my truck is at Love Field and I'll get there. I'm, I'm through with Southwest. I'm going to go one way with Delta. And that's what he did, but he couldn't leave until Tuesday morning. Yeah. So he was two days without his diabetes medicine. Oh, wow. That's dangerous. I know. Right. Now, get this. They were canceling flights Mm -hmm. every day, and they were selling flights every day. Uh, One reason is, and I think this is it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But it cost Jay three hundred and something dollars for a ticket round trip here on southwest Mm -hmm. he didn't get to use the second half of that he had to buy another one with delta and two hundred and something dollars and had to pay extra parking for his truck it was in love field anyway they were still selling tickets they gave him back a hundred and fifty dollar voucher which you have to spend with them and then they'd sell you a ticket for the same thing and then cancel that and give you back a hundred and fifty so they were looks making, to me like they're making money off of the pandemic. It is kind of strange. Isn't uh-huh. it? They were still booking flights, mm. even though they were going to turn around and cancel you. I didn't understand that philosophy, but they were making money, so I guess. But anyway, they have a, I don't know what you call it. Jay printed it out and sent it to me on Facebook. Uh, rules and regulations, That's things, that, things that they cannot be accountable for. Yeah. Riots, strikes, um, disruption of service. There, the list is. Nine one one was awful. So no one can sue them. Yes. Yeah. To yeah. me, that's called a cover your butt clause, and uh, I mean they know it's going to happen, so they get make sure that they're taken care of and not you. Yeah. Well, I remember nine one one, and, and uh, so they we him, were all stranded back mm. in those days. So they sent him a hundred and fifty dollar voucher, which he may get to use now that they've lifted the vaccine ban. And uh, 
getting their pilots back. He may be able to use it, but I don't know if he'll trust them. I said, you make sure you've got all your medicine in your backpack, and it yeah. goes on board with you anytime you fly from now on. Southwest uh, was uh, has been rated one of the better airlines, which is amazing. I know he uses. But when it you all start messing with people's rights, look yeah. out! It's it's, it's going to cause trouble every time. So I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. Anyway, we want to thank all of our local listeners, Caroline and Charles McKnight, Sarah Turner. I called her this morning told her to be listening. How's Sarah doing? She's doing great. Hanging in there. Brad Lamb, Mike Givens in Florida, and Stephanie Dawson, Texas. Those are just a few of our local listeners. You're not saying anything to Oklahoma Bunch? tuning in. What about the Oklahoma Oklahoma Bunch? Bunch? The Oklahoma Bunch, yes. My granddaughter. Now, you guys have probably done more for young people than just about anybody I know in Rutherford County. You are not only, uh, Larry, you were principal out at uh, Last Cassis, and you still reach out to those young people. Of course, they're not that young anymore. But how in the world were you able to establish a relationship with all the people in the last classes, the students, and also the teachers and everybody that worked there? What was it that um, made your relationship that close and you were able to follow it from the time they were in the classroom to they've become successful in life and wherever they've gone, because most of them have. Well, I, I don't know, Truman. I would guess that uh, the community of Las Casas had a lot to do with it. Probably wouldn't have happened anywhere else. Uh, but uh, I, I just always enjoyed all of my students. Yeah. I never had a student that I didn't like. Now, I had some I liked a lot more than others. Mm-hmm. but uh, And then I still do. And I was reminded by a member of the 1972 class, which was the last high school class, graduating class we had. I was reminded that everybody that I gave a diploma to at Las Casas High School are now on Medicare. And so that that means that it's been a long time. And uh, but That doesn't uh, seem possible, does it? It doesn't, but it is. <laughs> it, it is. And, uh, and I, I, think, I, just, I think part of that was the, uh, the age difference. He, wasn't, he came into that situation not as an older, established person. Mm-hmm. He came into this situation as a college graduate, just learning the business, yeah. so to speak. And he was only four years older than the graduating seniors so you know they were both feeding off of each other this is what i like to think he was feeding off of the teenagers to see where they were in life and what they were doing and they were feeding off of him is is this a role model for me and this is the way i'm thinking so, you know, it worked out. It worked out. There, the age difference, if it had been further apart, I don't think it would have been as close-knit as it was. But how many principals and their family open the doors for all the kids? <laughs> I, I love when they come out. And I've always wondered, um, I don't think 
that Jan ever felt like that uh, she was giving up anything, did she? Because oh, of the relationship that... Once again, Truman, you are mistaken. Uh-oh. She used to say, I could have plenty of dates if you let me meet them at the end of the road. But mm -hmm. nobody wants to come to the house and deal with you. And I said, well, that's the way I like it. And she was such a pretty girl and still is. Well, I had to protect her, see, because she's yeah. so much now like she, her mother. Yeah. Now she loves being out in the country. But, boy, when she was a teenager, she said, nobody's going to come out here and see me. I live too far out. <laughs> Jay loved it because his friends would come and spend the night. They'd spend the day or the night in the woods. Yeah. But she, oh, nobody's going to find me out here. I live so far out in the country. Well, the kids at Las Casas came to school with the right attitude because they got it at home. Yeah. Now, me being four years older than them could have been a real problem because I was one of them. Uh, but it, it wasn't. I could be friends with them, but I could still discipline them. And you don't find that much. And so I was lucky. You had a relationship with their parents, too. I did. I did. And, and they knew that. So, yeah. like, uh, all the teachers knew who Jan Stewart's daddy was yeah. and uh, all the ones at Oakland. And, uh, but uh, I was lucky. I, was, I just fell into it. And uh, never in never, my wildest dreams did I ever believe that I would stay 36 years. Because yeah. my plan was, our plan was, for me to work three years and get my master's in and go back to Kentucky. Because my best buddy was chairman of the school board, and he promised me the superintendent's job, and which was a real good-paying job at that time. But uh, when, by the time I got ready to go back, my kids were already established here, and, and we couldn't leave. And now, you know, we don't want to. We've got a call. Oh, you I'm, guys ready to I'm take always it. afraid when this happens. Caller, welcome aboard. Good, good morning. Good morning. Uh, hey, Casey. Hi. How y'all doing? Good. Good. I, I want to uh, tell my friends out there listening and you all about something that's on television. I'm, I'm going to warn a lot okay. of people that's ill and, and, and about a TV commercial that is not true. And I went through this thing, and you all, it's dangerous. They're running this TV commercial on, on what it is, just to be outlawed. They, they're setting up here and running these commercials where they're always going to try to brainwash people and tell them that they're going to give you something. If you, mm -hmm. if you change your medication, you change all this stuff on to them, and they're going to always give you $100, $150 a month, and you just yeah. do everything for them, and they're going to give you something. You all have seen this commercial on TV about your drugs and your medication. Oh, yeah. It is yeah. not true, y'all. And I tried this thing. It messed my medicine up, and I, mm -hmm. I, I'm going through all this stuff. Let me tell you all, them, them people need to be sent to prison. It is not true. Do not deal with none of this stuff. It's on. It just mess up night TV because every commercial, they're lying. That boy used to play JJ. He's doing one of the commercials along yeah. the stars. Joe Namath's doing one. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Do it not, should be against the law. That's what, what, what you, if I, I got a best friend in Nashville that's a lawyer, I'm going to get in trouble. Somebody need to do something about this. It's false advertisement. You all, they stopped. I went to get my medicine. Yeah. You all, I'm messed up. You all, something needs to be done about this. That's false advertisement. They always want to brainwash people. and They always want to, I ain't going to say the word, I'm going to respect the WGN. <laughs> but y'all, 
You don't want me to get mad. But it's, and you can't watch night TV for every commercial, three or four different stations, they're telling the same lie. Elderly yeah, people right. and young people do not fall for it. They'll mess you up so you can't even pick your medication up. That's right. Well, and if, if, they well, a hundred and fifty. All you can get this, and you can you just no, you cannot. You all do not deal with it. That's right. I appreciate you all time. It, if you follow the rings, about nine times out of ten, it's them. Yes, do not deal with it. Appreciate y'all, man. I agree. And to follow up on that, they keep saying we can help you. Now we have Medicare and. Uh, What's that? AARP. AARP. Mm-hmm. When we go to the doctor for hip surgery, heart attack, whatever we go for, we never pay a dime. Not no, deal with it, no, yeah. Now, how can you get any better than that? And I ask these people that, right. and they hang up. I'm <laughs> telling you, now we're going to fake and throw Oh, you can get $150 more uh, per yeah. month, and you can get on. Do not deal with it, you all. I agree. I with agree you. with you, buddy. They, they, they need to be sent to prison for that. You know, they do. a lot of people medicine is nothing to play with, and you need when you that's go get your medicine, you need your medicine then. That's right. I'm that's going right. through so much. I tell you what, I, y'all have a good day, but I'm listening. Okay, buddy. Thank you. Hang in there, Casey. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Bobby and Larry. Hi, my name is Patrick Garland, and I love living here at Adams Place. Well, exercise is what keeps me going. Uh, People don't realize that I'm 84. I get along well. I don't require any assistance in walking or doing what I want to do. I love travel, and I'm still traveling. I'm just enjoying life. I have invited several people to come here just to come to Adams Place to visit me and uh, see what it's like. And I love living here at Adams Place. For home restoration at a price you can afford, trust the professionals at Fair Construction to get the job done on time and within your budget. Fair Construction can remodel your home or can update your kitchen, bath, or other room. I'm Ron Hall. If you can dream it, Fair Construction can turn it into reality. Call Fair Construction at 615-893-6120. Shop local. Let our family business help you. Fair Construction Company. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The Tennessee General Assembly will meet in special session next week to address COVID-19 restrictions. The session is scheduled to start on Wednesday and is expected to last into the first week of November. Limiting the governor's emergency power and regulating the authority of private businesses to implement mask or vaccine mandates are among the issues that may be addressed. And bad news for Rutherford County leaf peepers. There is a delay in peak fall foliage colors this year in Tennessee. Forecasters say that's because of above average temperatures the first part of this month. 
They say the vibrant fall colors in the Great Smoky Mountains are expected to start appearing at the end of this month, maybe the beginning of next month. The Rutherford County Fire Marshal's Office investigating a fatal house fire at a mobile home on Marie Kittrell Road. Crews responded to the home Tuesday morning after a family member discovered remnants of a fire in the residence flooding around the structure due to a water main break and a body. Rutherford County Fire and Rescue is assisting agencies conducting an in-depth investigation. Friday, law enforcement and medical partners are providing a safe place for you to dispose of your unused medications. The groups will operate a drive-through drop-off booth at the south parking lot of Murfreesboro Medical Clinic's Garrison Drive location to collect unwanted, unused, or expired medications. The groups hope to match the success they had at a similar take-back event in April, where they collected a record 350 pounds of medication from hundreds of community members over the course of just a few hours. News on demand 24-7 at WGNSRadio.com. And when news breaks, we tweet it. Follow us at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. You don't have hot dogs or apple pie or no Chevrolet to drive, but we have some hickory smoke wings you're just dying to try. You'll try them, you'll like them, you'll give some to a friend. So on a dare, just stop on by and bring in a friend. Slick Pig Barbecue, 1920 East Main. live to WGNS Radio on our website, Analexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon, high in the upper 70s. Southwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, a slight chance for rain showers late, partly cloudy, alone near 58. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 51. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Larry and uh, Bobby. Uh, Larry had to take a little trip, so I've got Bobby. And <laughs> you have had a, an interest in life, Bobby, because it's not like anybody that I've ever known. You, you grew up. Your dad would uh, do the pipelines and things mm-hmm. like that, and very few people could do it back then. So he was gifted uh, with with uh, the ability to to do those things. You guys traveled all over the world. Just we about. did, we did not world, but the country. But, yeah, yes. Well, well you did go on, yeah. down below. And, yeah. Well, uh, when he was very young, he injured his eye with a cap pistol. And so if you had a picture of my dad, you would know that one eye is a little off off kilter. Mm -hmm. So that kept him from 
enlisting. He enlisted, but they refused him because of that. Yeah. And so he went, when I was very small, he went to Camp Atterbury mm-hmm. and built those barracks. That's where the young soldiers trained before they were shipped overseas. And uh, I was proud that he did his part in that way for the war. And that camp is still active today. I think it's where, I don't know, it's been a while since uh, they train uh, somebody elite forces or something they still they're still use a national guard they still use it it's still a usable base and then as i got a little bit older he uh joined uh, this pipeline crew and got to know the boss really good and they were great friends so that's when we started traveling and i remember little snips and pieces in my mind of different places where we lived i wish that my mom, my mom tried to write it down before she passed away, and I've got that at home, and I remember some of it. But that was yeah. a great education for you. It in was. A lot of ways. It was. We traveled. We yeah. saw the United States back when it was simpler. Yeah. And uh, you um, didn't miss out a whole lot in the classroom no, no, because we didn't. of the other things that you were able to. Yeah. Learn. Uh, it, the friendships. We we didn't stay very long in one school mm-hmm. to really establish a, a good friend that you remembered for the rest of your life. My good friends that I remember now are the ones that I made when we settled down and it, in Kentucky in my sophomore year. So yeah. all of my friends I remember from sophomore, junior, and senior years. Was I one of them? Huh? Was I one of them? <laughs> yes, you were an important part of I that thought. part of my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't give him too much credit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but when you move, uh, you're, you're still, though, moving. And so when when Larry comes to MTSU, uh, was it MTSU or MTSC at that C. time? MTSC, oh, okay. yes. When you came here, you were having to reestablish everything. Mm-hmm. So it... It it wasn't a, a constant thing with you. You were in in a changing type of scenario well, got, all the time. I got used to living in Kentucky, uh, around my brothers and sisters and yeah. and uh, friends and school and everything. And we moved up here. We didn't know a soul, you know. And the coach just deposited us at January Street Housing Project and said, mm-hmm. "I'll see you at practice on Monday," and that's how it started. And then I got the job at State Farm, which I had important people behind me there. Yeah. QM Cope. No, yeah, QM Smith. I'm sorry. Yeah. QM Smith and Larry's dad went to grammar school together. Oh, wow. In Humphreys County. And, squeeze uh, bottom to be Squeeze exact. bottom, yeah. <laughs> and they've known each other since they were children and when the school teacher left up in the upper grades qm started teaching Mm -hmm. at that time he taught larry's dad in in, i think it was like eighth ninth grades maybe something probably younger than that because daddy didn't go past the seventh yeah so anyway yeah but back then the teacher had other chores and sometimes they just wouldn't show up yeah so when they didn't uh qm smith said I'm the teacher and then 
And so he just go on with it. But anyway, Larry's dad called and talked to him and said that we were up here. Larry was on scholarship and that his wife, me, needed a job. Mm-hmm. And QM said, I know where she needs to work. And he called Ross Spillman, and I got an interview and got hired. It was it the the atmosphere here in Rutherford County? Of course, it's always been a friendly place mm-hmm. to be. Was was that a big part of you being able to uh, be accepted in in a uh, an well, area and, and have almost automatic friends when you came? Well, here? it was. It took a while to to learn people and mm-hmm. meet people, and I thank State Farm for that. I made a a great 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 circle of friends there. State Farm was big back then. Yes, it was. Yes, it was, and. Uh, and then Larry's basketball team, we found out that many of the married couples lived practically right next door to us. So we hung out with them. So, you know, our circle of friends got bigger and bigger. And we soon just thought, this is home. Yeah. This is home. So. Two of the first friends that Bobby made were the Kelton twins. Oh. Because she hitched a ride to work with them. Uh-huh. Their mother and them two worked at State Farm, and they lived across from the housing project. And so we had a car, but I had to have it, you know, to go on my little trips. And uh, so she rode with them, yeah. Martha and Alice. we we still friends with both of them. Alice and Martha. Yeah. Isn't that, those are great memories, aren't they? Mm-hmm. But you, you've got a great relationship with the community, and you playing basketball, Larry, uh, you established a relationship with MTSU or MTSC at the time, but you you still have that, and you still support uh, the university out there, uh, especially girls basketball. Girls basketball seems to be the draw at yeah. MTSU when you're yeah. talking about sports now. Yeah, and there was no such thing when I was over there. I mean, it, That's we right. supposedly had a girls team because – when Sue Gunner died, and she taught over there when I was there, yeah. PE, and when she died, they were looking up statistics for her, and Miss Brandon was in school over there at that time, and mm-hmm. so Miss Brandon asked me, you know, if, if I remembered her playing basketball at MTSU, I said, no, I don't, but that's not to say she didn't play. Yeah. And so they put it down as she did, but uh, Sue Gunner, Marinelle Meadows, and uh, – Oh, we had a bunch of girls over there that could play, and they would come out, and you know, we I'd go back to practice some shooting at night and stuff, and and they'd be out there, and we would have a pickup game, and buddy, mm-hmm. they they didn't mind blocking you off the boards. They could play, and Sue Gunner was a great player and a great coach, and but that was uh, that was back in the day, but now. Uh, I love the girls' basketball. I, I love the men's, too. But I'm, I seem to be a little closer to the girls because of Rick and yeah. uh, and his wife and the kids and all of them. Uh, Rick knows how to relate to the community. He does, and, and he he does a good job of it. Yeah. And I, he seems to enjoy it. But, you know, and Kermit Davis was good. You know, we hadn't uh, – Mac David hadn't been here long enough for us to really get a – a good feel. I know him, and and mm-hmm. we're buddies. But uh, uh, it'll take a while, 
And uh, same with Rick. It took a while with Rick, but he's uh, Rick works works at the public relations part. He's got a he's got yeah. a great coaching staff. Yeah, he, backing he really him does. Up and but can you, you remember back in the gym that you played in oh, at, yeah. at, at MTSC? <laughs> oh, and there, at, there there's there's no relationship, but there's something about a small gym that it appeals to me more than than the big well, arenas. Those old gyms, the fans sit right on top of you. Yeah. And if they called you a certain thing, you hurt them. Yeah. And and I, I always tell this story. I remember when we'd come out of the dressing room down in the basement, go out on the, to warm up, I'd look up one place and see if Dr. Cope was in his seat. And he was. If he wasn't, then we got worried about him. Yeah. Because he was there every time supporting us. Every year, as the, the my, uh, senior year as captain of the team, I got a nice letter from Dr. Cope thanking me for my leadership and all that stuff. And I've still got that. I appreciate that. And uh, and Dr. McPhee is good. He sits right in front of me, and and uh, we raise about as much gain as other one of us does. And but, uh, all the all the time, and I, I'm proud of Larry because every time Las Casas had an event, ball game, whatever. He was there. I think over the 36 years, he may have missed through sickness or death three to five times, I'll yeah. say. And uh, he was always there. And I don't know that the other principals, I don't know what their record was about attending events, but he was always there. He felt like it was his place to be there in case something happened. You and never know. You, you, you don't need to get secondhand information. Yeah. If something bad happens, and a lot of times somebody will make it bad when it's really not. But uh, uh, I was—I uh, just felt like it was my time, and I wanted the kids to see me sitting there and say, "Golly, our principal supports us," yeah. and because I did, and uh, I went to all of them. What about the county tournaments? That came up. Jan mentioned somebody had come in the bank and said that he used to work security for the county tournament. And then, of course, you know who I thought of, and yeah. she said, but before you say anything, he said, tell you, he worked with John Brown. I said, oh, okay, but John Brown, I, I'd tell everybody, we've got the most secure hospitality room in the state. Because <laughs> whoever we had working security was in there. You know, yeah. if anything happened in there, we had it covered. <laughs> Those if were the bologna and the fried chicken and stuff lasted, and I would always make, uh, jambalaya and if we had joey richardson for a referee as soon as that horn went off ending the half or the game you better get out of the door because he is going to get to that jambalaya one way or the other but uh, it, uh, those were great times swimming great you time. know people that have just moved in or the younger people uh they missed one of the greatest experiences that could ever happen was during those county tournaments because you had friends that were all over the county, but when those tournament games started, you better sit in the area where yeah. your yeah. your team if, if, uh, fans were. If you was at last last Cassis fan, just look for Frank Caffey. Or yeah, in Florida, that's yeah. where you need to be. If you was a Rockvale fan, look for Doc Burns. Uh, yeah. you know, if you was an Eagle fan, look for Mr. Uh, Mr. Crosley. Uh, we had our own crew, and they showed up every game. 
and and you you talking about loud that 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 uh, arena over there the stadium was perfect as far as I'm concerned uh it I know that everybody wants to be in, in a huge arena. Of course, if you play in football, UT's got 102,000, and they've got a huge arena over there for their basketball teams and everything. And, and MTSU's got the, uh, this one over here that uh, is amazing. But there's something about the relationships between fans when you're in a small uh, basketball uh, of course, of course, it wasn't all that. Do you remember how many of that one would seat? Oh, I don't. I'd say four thousand, probably. Mm, uh, I was thinking maybe. Well, yeah, it's maybe probably about that, right. Not that much, but uh, the good part that I remember about that is the way it was laid out. You could come into the lobby, I mean the hall there, mm -hmm. and and you didn't have to have a ticket, but to get into the gymnasium, you had to have a ticket. So you had to have doorkeepers. Yeah. All the coaches were always there. Yeah. Keeping the dope working, you know, or Judge Wiley Holloway was always there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we appreciate that. I remember all the football coaches would be sitting, keeping doors at the basketball games. Yeah. And uh, that's the way it should be. It's but why did y'all all hate Central? I didn't say we did. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Central, of course, got the, uh, the little – apart well, no, every every year they that's had, your story <laughs> I they wasn't there. assigned that i'll tell you that <laughs> well they how did they do it. it they just took it oh the big schools eat the little schools but i didn't say we played central when i was coaching we played central mm -hmm. they only played eight games and we were two of them because we had a bigger gym because somebody burned ours back in the 40s but it anyway, wasn't central people they didn't do it no, but anyway, okay. uh, we would play them. And I enjoyed the tournament. I'd sit on the stage, and you know who I'd talk to? Who? Mr. Pate, of all people. And he wouldn't talk to anybody, but he would talk to me, and he would tell me things that like that. That tells you a lot about uh, your being able to relate does, to other people. And I appreciate it. He would say, son, you never get better until you play somebody better than you. And I'm thinking, how would you know? There's nobody better than Central in the state of Tennessee. He never did say a law son to you, did he? No, no, no. Well, you, but, you knew you were in trouble when you played for him, and he said law well, son. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, I would have had, probably had a, a little difficult time playing for Mr. Pate. Yeah. But uh, he was a great guy, and uh, I learned a lot from some of his players. One of the players that's on that best team supposedly ever had, Charlie Smith, he did his student teaching under me because of some kind of mix 1960 team. Yep. Well, he did it in 60, 64. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I learned more from Charlie than he learned from me because he had learned from Mr. Pate. Yeah. And uh, and it, if, if you had a, a Lee Pate player, some of it rubbed off on that player. Dickie Thomas, Teddy Morris, you know, Truman Jones, it, uh, Mike Jones, it, it rubbed off on me. Uh, there Bush was something Long. about him that whatever he did for you followed your whole life. Yeah. I mean, you were disciplined, you were structured, and he made sure that I, – I, I can tell you, I've told this story probably too many times, but if, if one of the players that played for him, maybe it was 30 years past, and they would see him coming and maybe they had a cigarette in their hand or – a, a glass full of alcohol or whatever. 
you would hide it pretty quick. Yeah. And that, that says a lot about somebody. Well, we, that was our, we did that when I was a kid. When I got out of Hickman County, I'd go back. And, you know, I made sure that I was a shining example of Coach Romaine's, one of Coach Romaine's boys, mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Phillips, the principal's boys. I made yeah. sure of that. And uh, I thought that was important for the other kids coming up. Because yeah. I was in the first class to graduate at Hickman County. So uh, I felt like that, you know, somebody down the line, Kenny Ward or somebody, was going to look up to me one of these days. And I wanted, mm -hmm. regardless of what I had been doing, I wanted them to see me do something right. I, I want to throw something out there. Uh, Larry held the record for the most points scored on the home court in 1960, from 1960 till 2018. Wow. A young man broke the record, but that was uh, he had the three-point shot. Yeah. Larry didn't. Larry scored 43 points without the three-point shot, and this young man broke the record in 2018 so I sent him the article that they had about Larry and I sent the article that they had about him to oh. his family and they 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 thanked me for doing that and I said I'm glad that it was this young man a good Christian young yeah. man and he broke the record in 2018 so that's, it lasted all those years. That's amazing. It come I to know. find he out. He still holds a record out there that nobody even knows about. Oh, don't go there. He, he, don't he go played there. four years without ever passing the ball, which, <laughs> which is I amazing. Told you time and again, I had an assist at Moorhead. Oh, did you? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, wow. But anyway, this kid that broke my records, great-grandmother was my fourth-grade teacher. Oh, my goodness. Now, that's a small That's county. the first time I've heard that. A small county. She taught with my mother for years and uh, lived right there in what we call town, which was a four-way stop, and that was it. Yeah. But uh, she was his great-grandmother and his grandmother, and I grew up together because our mamas were teachers, and we'd go to – PTA meetings. Yeah. She would go into the meeting and we'd play kick the can, all of us boys out there, you know. Until you remember that? Uh, I do. Most people that's listening won't. Yeah. But uh, if you made too much racket, somebody, or usually your daddy, would come outside and correct you. So we play kick the can, but we kept it, uh, I guess, you know, sensible. Yeah. It, do the principals and teachers, do they have the chance to make that big a difference with the kids that are going to school now it, it the, the the way that um the classrooms are structured and the schools are structured um a lot has changed in the classroom and and, and with the the kids and the relationship with the kids it, it seems like it's a lot more difficult now well, than it used to be it is the teachers and the principals are very aware of the litigation. Yeah. And I never let that bother me. I just say, if somebody wants to sue me, all they're going to get is house payments and car payments, and I'm tired of making them anyway, so I'm not going to worry about it. But it's, it's a problem now. And uh, the teachers have have can make a real difference if the student will let them. That's what you're finding now. The students. But you can't deal with the students the way you used to be no, able to deal with No, you with can't. Them. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, it's uh, and I don't understand uh, parents who 
let their kids go to school, but then don't want them to behave. It's limited yeah. what they want to. That just don't make any sense to me. But it's it's you're right. It's it's done a 360. It's completely turned around from what it was like when I was in school or when I was teaching school. It seems like parents, a lot of parents, just pawn their kids off to the schools and let them take care of all the troubles. And of course, the way the laws are set up, dealing with the kids. In, in the school system, even with the SROs, it's become almost impossible. It has, and uh, kids, every kid I've ever known needs a hug every once in a while. Yeah, and a spanking. And, and a lot of the time, most of the time, the seven hours a kid spends in school is the best seven hours of their day. Yeah. So my philosophy was, Stuart, don't you screw it up. Yeah. And so, you know, they, you can tell who needs a hug and who don't. I've had them get get off the school bus and come in and sit in my lap until the bell rung because yeah. they didn't want to be in the gym with all the others, you know, and stuff like that. And it's, that, that's important. You need to you need to do that. And uh, I was got in a little trouble one time. I was going to hire a first-grade teacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a man who was really a good applicant, but I, he said, am I going to get this job? And I said, no. I said, I'm going to hire a woman. Well, he went off, started talking lawsuits, and I said, hey, every first grader I've ever known needs a lap to set in, and yours don't qualify. Yeah. And, uh, and I'd do it again, you know, regardless of lawsuits, because that's the way I felt about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if, a, if a kid has a problem, like if little Ridge has a problem or Addie has a problem, they go to their mother. Mm-hmm. 99 times out of 100 and don't go to their daddy yeah. and it's the same way with teachers you know they'll go to a lady once little now once they get bigger you know they'll the, the boys will, will seek out a man to go to but yeah. when they're in the first grade in kindergarten they need a lap to set in think how blessed we were uh, and, and, and I know that a lot of ladies uh, work now but think how blessed we were to go home and our mother was there oh, yeah. to take Daddy care too. of all the problems yeah. when we got yeah. home. Uh, and they'd, they'd, they'd settle them. And usually, uh, if it was a bad problem, you hoped they would settle it before Daddy got home. Yeah. And, boy, you really started being, being a good little Truman till Daddy got home. But, uh, you know, I never had that uh, uh, good, good, good happening because my mama was always at school with me. After yeah. the after the, you know when I started school and uh, that was that was good for me. Now I never did get to sit in her lap because that would have been showing favoritism. But boy, when I got home, I I lapped it up. It seemed like we had more for the teachers, the lady teachers. It seemed like we had more respect for them than we did the male teachers for whatever reason. Well, we were we were worried more about getting a spanking yeah. from the male teachers, but the ladies, there's just something well, about the respect that they drew, especially I, for us guys. When we went to school, yeah, there wasn't that many male teachers. Yeah, You know, if you were in high school, you had an ag teacher. The first teacher I ever had that had a degree was when I was a freshman got to take agriculture. Mm-hmm. They, they'd go to school two years and then start teaching. and uh, But and the coach was another man teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, we were we were lucky, I think, to grow up in the times that we did. Now, when you're a coach, it seems like the people, the the, the uh, players, um, 
they have more of a communication system with you because they want to they they want to look good in the coach's eyes yeah. no matter what's happening whether you you're you they have a class with you or or whatever and that pretty much follows them their whole lives when you're a coach you you really are blessed to be able to develop that kind of relationship yeah, that's with called the players. respect yeah respect. and you know i was i, I used to i was doing an in-service somewhere i don't know what it was it came up about coaches teaching mm -hmm. And ever somebody in that audience thought that the coach didn't do anything except coach football or whatever. Yeah. And I told them, I said, hey, let me tell you something. The coaches, their teaching gets tested every Friday night or every Tuesday and Friday night. I mean, you yeah. don't have to have somebody come from the State Department. Their teaching gets tested every week. And uh, in my opinion and in my uh, experience, the best teachers in school were the coaches yeah. and I would always hire a coach's wife if I could and I had a lot of them because they have got that little bit of coaching in them from their husband that they make great teachers and I never had a coach's wife that wasn't a great teacher you look and you and I have seen a lot of this just recently you look at the coaches that made a difference with their players let's, let's go to Ben Cates I, I have never seen such an emotional um, reaction when Ben passed away just recently, and all of his girls were just absolutely blown away. And he kept a relationship with his girls from the time that they played for him on up until pretty much the time that he died. And it when was he passed the time away, that he died. Until yeah. he got sick. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah he was. Uh, he was close to his players, and uh, they were close to him. Yeah. Uh, they respected him, and they loved him to death. And he he could get on to them in a way that made them like it. Yeah. And uh, he did that. He, he, he was one of a kind. And while we're on that, we lost a great coach and a leader last week, Dean Fisher. Yeah. Uh, one other, and, my, and I hired his wife. So, but anyway... And his obituary, I read it, I'm sure it was written by one of his boys, which is good. It, and uh, he mentioned one of our loyal listeners. He didn't mention him, he mentioned his business. He said he loved going to City Cafe, Buster's, and getting a haircut at Ideal Barbershop. And I'm sure Mike <laughs> Givens cut his hair. Mike Givens cut my hair, the first haircut I ever got in Murfreesboro. Mm -hmm. And you know what it cost me? It's free. They gave away a welcome package welcome back, when you Scott. came to Murfreesboro to the old housing project people. And you got a free loaf of bread because Bunny Bread was over there. You got a free haircut at Ideal Barbershop. And Mike had just got out of barber school. He gave me my first haircut. And I guess uh, he gave, the last one he gave might have been me because I stayed with him for years. But uh, Dean Fisher was a great guy and a uh, great coach and, and loved kids. And the kids loved him. Did you have curly hair back then? No. Back when? Back, back in 62? Yeah. No. no, I didn't have any hair. It, well, it was short, and his nickname in school was Slick. I mean, he just wore his hair parted, on, parted on the side. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate you starting that. <laughs> now, now it'll be Janny and Slick. <laughs> oh, me. Oh. I, uh... Then he went to the crew cut. <laughs> 
you went you had a crew cut also that was in six fifty nine or sixty or something well, like that i came here in 62 Mm-hmm. And so I had back when I was a kid. You went to the barber shop. They did. Cut you it have the ducktails to go along with your crew cut. They cut it long with hair lashes. Yes, I did. Yeah, I had that for about I'd say five minutes. I had it until my daddy saw it, mm-hmm. and then we loaded up and went back to the barber shop with another dollar, which was hard to come by then. And he told Mister Boss Neely, he said, "You cut it all off." Yeah. And then he told me, he said, I don't ever want to see that again. And uh, I respected him enough that I didn't ever have another duck tail. You wanted originally to go back to Kentucky after you graduated, didn't you? I intended to stay here three years and get my master's and then go back. What was it that held you here? Well, after it, before three years was up, I was principal. Mm-hmm. Bobby had a good job. Don Moser had loaned us $250 to make it through the summer, and we hadn't got that paid back yet. So we had to stay, but we both wanted to stay. That was, that was you know, you always owned us about having set different banking accounts. But yeah. this is one thing we agreed on, and we stuck with it. So you felt more at home here I was in home. Murfreesboro than you were, I mean, in Rutherford County, than you were uh, from Kentucky. Well, that I would have been. Yeah. Now, uh, there's a different clientele of people in Hickman County, Kentucky, than it is in Rutherford County, Tennessee. There's not mm-hmm. as many of them. Yeah. But uh, there's uh, everybody farmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody had a little patch of ground. If it's just an acre or two, you had a cow and a, a couple of hogs to kill and stuff. Yeah. And uh, it always every little patch had a tobacco base on it. And that's a 13 months a year job. I want to get away from that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did. And mom and daddy adopted a little boy after I left. And he got into the back growing and stuff. Uh, but I, I, did, I didn't particularly care about going. I really wanted to go back and, and be with my buddy Jim and Ned and some of them. But that would have not have been a good idea for either one of us, I'm sure. But, What'd your uh, mama think about that? Mama, no, no mama wants her her baby to leave. I know. Uh, and uh, so, but I, mama did. Mama wanted me to go to school, but she wanted me to do like her: go to Murray, where you can go every day, and come back home at night. And uh, after she got sick, uh, she told me that uh, she wished I'd. Mr. Oldest Farmer died right across the road, and she said, "That's a good house, son." And that'd be a good she place. She was trying for, to draw you back. Be, uh, be a good place for you and Bobby to live. Yeah. Well, I said, well, Mama, I said, uh, I've got a good job here in Murfreesboro. She said, well, you got a good automobile. You can drive back and forth every day. Of course, 200 miles to her was, she didn't have a clue what it was. But, yeah. Uh, no, no, no mama wants you to leave. And my daddy wasn't real happy about it because he was losing his hired hand. Yeah, that, that would have been a big thing. I didn't even think about that because – Fathers like for you to be able to assist them and and then follow up with them yeah. after they're gone and well, things like that. And, you know, I loved it. I loved being at the bar with my daddy learning things. Now, my brother didn't didn't like it. So I wound up doing the work, and he wound up doing the, the reading and stuff like that. But uh, I loved it. Now, if you got a principal's job that quick in last Cassie's, you had to have uh, assistance in, in some way. 
because I, I know how those things work. And, and they work pretty well right here in this community if you have the right person available. Yeah. Well, back then, yeah. I'm saying back then, high schools usually had two men teachers, the ag teacher and mm -hmm. the principal and the coach. Three. Yeah. Well, we had all those. Well, when the, when the kids ran the principal off, mm -hmm. they came to me because the ag teacher couldn't stand a pay cut to be, and so I was the only man left. And and I told them real quick that I wasn't going to stay, but at the end of that year, mm -hmm. I was going back to Kentucky. Well, that year changed my mind because I found out I, I, I got to work with more kids than just the basketball players, and I found out that, you know, we, we got a great bunch of guys and, and gals right here, and uh, we would all, always – Go take a, the seniors would take a tour of two places, the mm -hmm. VA hospital and State Farm Insurance, because yeah. most of the girls were going to work at State Farm because they would call me, Ross Billman, and that bunch of personnel and say, if you've got anybody that had Linda Murphy in the commerce classes, send them down here, we'll hire them on the spot. And so they did because Linda Murphy was that good. And uh, State Farm recognized it, and because I'm sure Walter Hill was, and Christiana, and Eagle, but uh, I can only speak for Las Casas, and uh, they would go to work at State Farm. And State Farm always hired the best of the best. Back I think in those they did. Days. That was yeah, well, that was their motto when they interviewed me. We only hire the cream of the crop. Yeah, it made me know, feel real good. It made me feel real good. Wasn't that many places? for a woman to work and not work in a factory. State Farm was one of them. MTSC was enough. If you got a job at MTSUC then, that was a good job. But uh, you could go to work at GE or Samsonite, and it would have been fine for you and me. But it, it would have, there were better places for women, I'll put it that way. Yeah, but I'm, I, I remember back when Greyhound was the big transportation uh, vehicle. And I remember that they had probably something like 20-something runs a day to Nashville and back because a lot of the ladies, I mean, the buses would be full of ladies that would actually go and work in, in Nashville at the time. We didn't really have uh, many places to go and, and, and earn a living here in Rutherford County at that particular time. But, of course, now... Uh, uh, you have people coming from Nashville to work in, in Rutherford County. That's right. it, it's just completely exploded here. Yeah, it seems to be the, the, the center of, uh, of the state of Tennessee in more ways than one right here in Murfreesboro, yeah. Rutherford County. In 1966, a little boy that we had taken in, it was really my cousin to raise because his, his mama died and he, he needed – he got out of high school, and he was going to barber school at Hassler's Barber College in Nashville. Mm -hmm. He came down, and we had moved out of the housing project, but then lived over on Eagle Street. Mm -hmm. He lived with us, at, and I got up at 4.30 every morning, carried him to the Greyhound bus station up behind A&P there mm -hmm. across Magee's every morning to catch the bus to go to Nashville. Stayed in town until he got home to pick him up, and that's when I told him, I said, if you ever get a, a job, cutting hair close enough to me, I'll never pay for another haircut. He said, you won't have to. And so, and then you always wonder why do I go to Nashville to get it? Well, mm -hmm. it's not, it's free, but that's not the reason. I get to see, he's like my brother. And, uh, but see that, 
Greyhound bus was the only way he could get there. Yeah. And you, Mr. W.F. Wellchance would sell you the ticket. You remember that? No, I remember. Uh, and uh, hey, when I first came and got the job at, at Las Casas, I was over there for something. And he told me, he said, well, I hear you're going to coach at Las Casas. And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I'll just tell you right now, I got the best player in the county since Monk's gone. I said, well, who would that be? He said, Slim Smith's. I thought, well, he, he ain't no way he can be any better than some of mine. Well, Mr. Wellchance was, I mean, Slim Smithson was awful good. but And Willis, Willie Wellchance was proud of him, but Slim Smithson wasn't the only good player on that team. Monk Montgomery was probably the best player to ever come out of Rutherford County. I'd say he, he was very gifted. He was very gifted. Yeah. I know Tommy Trott could shoot the lights out, but there was just something about Montgomery that – um, it, it, it was um, like he was blessed with gifts that nobody else had. And, and he was and, allowed and, to use them. Yeah. Now, Tommy Trott had to kind of go along with the, the establishment, you know, of Mr. Pate. Yeah. But Monk, if he got it and he was in the gym, he was in range and he had the, red, uh, the green light to shoot. Yeah. Tommy Trott's the only one I ever saw that changed Mr. Pate's opinion because I remember – they had him uh, practicing over on the side of the, the gym shooting. And he did not like the way that Tommy's delivery was. Yeah. So he said, you shoot 10 times, and I want to see what's happening. So Tommy Trott shot 10 times and nothing but the bottom of the net, like Larry Bird. And uh, and Mr. Pate looked at him and said, I don't know what it is, but I'm sure not going to change that's, it. Well, that's the way it should be. Yeah. Now, they had some coaches that would change. I remember a girl moved in here from Mississippi. Mm -hmm. She had made all state her junior year. We came to Central, and their coach came up to AGs, and we said, what about the child girl? It's our shot's all wrong. I'm going to have to change it. She never was any good anymore. Because that's the way she learned to do it, and she was comfortable with it, and then he changed it. Yeah. You never saw – did you ever see Sis Jones play? Uh, no, but I listened to her on the radio one night because that's all we had. Yeah. And Monty Hale was giving the recap, and he kept saying, so many field goals, so many foul shots, 63 points. Yeah. And I turned to Bobby, and I said, the Central girls scored 63 points. And Monty said, now for the rest of the team, sis had got, and she <laughs> could have got 103 if she'd wanted to. That's when it was th uh, actually six, six on three, three on three, yeah. basically, oh, yeah. what it was. That's when the game was real. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was. and, and uh, But, you know, people did not want it to change. But I, I remember when Pat uh, Heads, Pat Summit, uh, made the um, announcement to all the uh, schools that she wanted the players to play like the boys did, five on five, and she wasn't going to recruit any of them that uh, didn't do the five on five. She wanted them to be athletic, run up and down the field and a lot uh, the court, and, like, and a lot of people, they didn't think it would work, but she was right. I mean – just look at how athletic the girls are right now. Oh, I mean, yeah. they match oh, yeah. the, the Let boys. Let me add this, just to kind of make you mad. Oh, don't the, do that. The people who wanted, like me, who wanted it to stay six on six, that was for selfish reasons. Uh, my, my, that's why I wanted it. 
Yeah. Now, the people that wanted it to go five on five was also for selfish reasons because mm -hmm. it would help them. Yeah. And now it's, it was right to go even though I didn't like it because I coached a six on six. And, and if you watch it close, there was so much going on in that game that, that most people didn't even notice. But yeah. uh, Pat Summit changed it, but it was for selfish reasons because it would help her. But uh, and, and it's better than it's, it's ever been. And now uh, the girls are more athletic. But I tell you what, I had some girls, and you had two of them on the radio show the other day, that could play both ways. Yeah. And, you know, like the, now they'd be superstars now. You about Sherry and Connie? You got it right. Yeah. That's just two of them. Yeah. And all the strong girls, all the Florida girls, all the Thompson girls, uh, you know, they could all do it. They didn't have to. But think – Pat did more for the girls than just on the court. She I she think they she all did. she she made special ladies of each one of them. They were all structured in a way that they became successful in so many different ways that uh, maybe they couldn't have done it because uh, she would she would make them do things that they didn't even know that they could do. And, and after she passed away, or even while she was sick with her, uh, her Alzheimer's, um, they grew so m attached to her and loved her so much. She was just like their own mama. And, yeah. and, uh, and when she made them do things, they followed suit because they knew that she was doing it for them. Well, the first thing you said was the most important. Yeah. They were ladies yeah they were all ladies and you know this and i know this when somebody has alzheimer's you get a lot more attached to them oh yeah than you would somebody else and yeah. you know that's but it pat summit deserves all the praise that she ever gets and and more but she made ball players and she made young ladies out of them yeah, and i don't she think did. that's happening as much as it needs to be now and one of her uh, ladies candace parker was the uh, championship in basketball, and yep. and uh, that that was that was pretty special. I, she was on the Chicago team. Chicago, I, Sky. I believe she had she had got traded or moved or something, but anyway, it's the Chicago Sky. And uh, you know, I I didn't like Candace Parker because if you remember right, when she was a senior at, at Tennessee, we played them. And the referees let Candace Parker lean on our post player all night and never called a oh, foul. But I know how you right. Tennessee fans are. But that, but that wasn't Parker's fault. I mean, if if I'd let you, you'd do it too. And uh, that's the way she played it. The referees was not going to cross Pat Summit and do something for Rick Insell. You know that. Well, why would he? Well, you know and I do too. We won't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> You about got into a big argument over the UT football I, game this morning down at the restaurant. I did Let's not. don't get into that. Hey, Larry, be careful. He might start throwing stuff. I know it. That's exactly <laughs> why I'm thinking, Brian. Brian, won't you shut your mouth? <laughs> See, there he goes, throwing accusations. There he goes. Oh, oh, that's the attitude. <laughs> but I'm going to be careful and not make people mad at the radio station, Brian. Well, that's, that's good. you got one up on Truman, then. <laughs> I'll leave that up to you and Truman. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Yes, I appreciate sir. you letting us go over. 
good night. You really let us go over. I appreciate oh, okay. that. I'm, I'm gonna, it's going so it's going so well and so yeah. fast. I didn't even know what time. I want an overtime sleep. Yeah. Well, it was my nap. I just woke up. So. All right. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, guys. We'll see you um, later on. Bye. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.